Welcome to Secrets of the Biggest Big Ticket Coaches podcast. I'm Michelle Cooper, founder and CEO of Alchemy Accounting and Bookkeeping, where we help entrepreneurs create ease and flow in their business finances, clean up their mess and chaos, and help them avoid being blindsided in the future. We believe that every business has a purpose and creates an impact in our world. And the more money you have, the more expansive that impact can be. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll reveal how you could be our next guest in 15 or 20 minutes. So let's check out today's show. Hey everyone, welcome to the Secrets of the Biggest Big Ticket Coaches podcast. Of course, I am Michelle and I am here today with April Porter. Uh, I am so excited for this conversation because April uh, brings a wealth of knowledge and she also um, deals with a part of business that sometimes um, people don't really know about in, in the franchise empire building world. So she is a franchise empire building strategist. She's an award-winning multi-unit franchisee, which I think is amazing, comes from experience. She's an attorney and she is CEO of Ask April Porter. Uh, she has been named a top influencer in the global franchising industry. She hosts a number one franchisee podcast on Apple called the Infinite Franchisee Show. So be sure to check that out for sure. Um, and she's receiving the Chairman's Award for Distinguished Service to the Franchising Industry in September from the AAFD. Congratulations, April. Thank you. Thank you. That is amazing. So I know because we've been chatting, you fill the gap between franchise model and ultimate success by providing franchisees the strategies needed to increase profits, which I love, um, build reliable teams and scale to multiple locations. Now, in my business, I've had uh, a couple of franchise owners um, in the kind of supporting them with bookkeeping and accounting. I was, I was a fractional CFO for a franchise uh, located in Florida for a few years until they brought somebody in-house. And, um, and so I know that franchises are a little bit different than entrepreneurship, but not everybody else might know that. So maybe there's something that you can ex help us understand, explain the difference, really. I'd love to. So um, there is a big misconception out there about franchising from the general public. A lot of times you see a brand name that you consider a chain, right? A chain restaurant, a chain brand, and it's a franchise. And when it's a franchise, it means that that local location near to you is actually independently owned by a small business owner who lives in your community. And what they've done is they've invested in using the brand name that everyone knows in exchange they will follow the rules of the brand mm -hmm. and they have to pay monthly royalties to the brand itself based on their revenues usually. So it is a type of entrepreneurship. The advantages of it is that when you join a franchise, you're being guided through a proven model. 
So you don't have to go it totally alone. You get a blueprint, but, um, but that's a good point because even though there is a blueprint for it, there's also the franchise agreement. And there's a lot of rules in there that you have to follow and you can't go off. And even if you have the most brilliant idea in the world about how to enhance your brand or how to enhance your product or service, you can't just do that without first talking to the corporate office and and finding out if it's allowed in your franchise agreement. Yeah, it reminds me of a client that I coached. Um, it was a husband and wife, and they had a yoga studio franchise. And um, then they decided they wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, and they also wanted to do retreats. And I was like, well, what does the franchise agreement say? And it turned out they couldn't do anything, right? Um, and it was really frustrating for them. Uh, because I guess they were shifting in their, you know, their thinking or their beliefs or whatever, and, um, and really feeling constrained by the franchise agreement. Uh, but for many, many people, the franchise agreement provides the, the structure um, that, like I often say, structure provides freedom right? You can relax within that structure. It's a proven model, right? It's not like some of us who were out here doing our own thing, like recreating the wheel, right? So. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I would say that there's quite a few people in franchising that also feel like your clients did where they, they get to a point where they feel frustrated by the model. And there's a reason for that people enter franchising many times believing that it's not just a blueprint on the model, but it's going to be this like paint by numbers. Every possible business question you have will be answered by the franchisor and all you have to do is show up. And that's really not what it is. It teaches you a unique product or service and how to uniquely provide that to your customer within the theme or the branding of the franchise and it also teaches you some basic operational systems, your CRM system, maybe some training systems, um, possibly things like that. But as far as like business strategy and mindset and really understanding how to develop employees into leaders and do all those things that help you become more than just an employee yourself in the business, you've got to bring that to the table yourself. Right. It's very different, like creating a job for yourself versus being a business owner, right? Exactly. And as you say, empire builder, which is language that I recently started using because I realized that that's what I was doing. I was supporting empire builders. They had a bigger vision beyond either creating themselves a job or even, you know, just being a business owner, right? Yes. And empire builders also think about investments differently, both of time and money. You know, um, so many times people want to be these entrepreneurs with having multiple locations, yet they, they're focused more on saving money and save, you know, saving things versus leveraging. And that's really, I think, a big difference when you talk about empire builders is they understand the value of leveraging time and leveraging money in order to take a leap from point A to point B in half the time, knowing that when you cut down on that, that growth period, 
that it's going, you're going to scale faster and you're going to get repaid on your investment faster plus, plus then become profitable. Yeah. Like that's, that's amazing. Um, you know, the other thing that I always think about is, uh, like I preach this kind of thing is that, you know, your business doesn't, um, it doesn't actually make you wealthy. It provides cash flow, right? And you can use that cash flow to build your empire, which will create wealth, right? Which will create generational wealth, let's say, right? So um, I love the idea of like leveraging your time, your money, your energy even, right? Yes. Um, to expand that empire. That's awesome. Awesome. So tell us about... Um, like what's the biggest problem that your that your clients face in their journey? The biggest the biggest problem is that eventually my clients get to a point where they they've mastered the model, right? They've mastered everything the franchisor has to teach them. They still haven't reached that vision of success that they had when they signed off on that franchise agreement. They had this idea of what it would be, you know, when they when they felt successful. And they aren't there, but yet their franchisor doesn't have any more to teach them. So they still have a million questions mm -hmm. and they don't know where to go because really what happens is there's two categories of franchisees at this point. There's the, the, the category that says, okay, if my franchisor doesn't have the information, I'm going to go find it. And then category number two is I signed up for a franchise for you to give me all the answers and I'm paying you for to give me all the answers. And so now I'm resentful towards the franchisor. And I think that the model doesn't work and I got taken for a ride. Mm -hmm. And so there, that's a breakdown in the franchisee franchisor relationship. And usually for that person, unless they can change their mindset, it's just a slow death until they either sell or, or have to close their business because they've decided it doesn't work. Yeah. So, once you make that decision, it's hard to come back from that. Right. It is. It is. So that's, that's where I see people. So um, generally in that time in their business, they're working way more hours than they expected to. They thought they were going to work less hours than they did in their job that mm -hmm. they left to become a business owner. And they're working more. They thought they were going to make more money than they did as an employee and they're making less right? It's this like topsy-turvy kind of Alice in Wonderland moment where it's like, wait a second, did I fall down a rabbit hole? Because this is not what I thought, you know, business ownership was going to be. That's really the biggest um, pain point and problem that my clients face when they find us. And that's really what we help them solve is learning how to leverage their time and how to leverage their money so that they're developing a team that's growing that business for them which allows them to start focusing on higher level strategies where they can begin building more revenue streams and wealth. Right. Right. And, and when you're working with your clients, right. Are they, um, is there anything that like you see repeatedly like a mistake or, or like a, a challenge that they face where they, they end up kind of like spinning their wheels for a bit of time. A hundred percent. I would say that the biggest pain point area for that, well, franchisors are responsible for doing national marketing for the brand and each individual unit is responsible for their own local marketing. And the mistake I see business owners making most often is that they don't understand marketing strategy. 
So they don't really know what to do. And the way that they're making marketing decisions is by asking other business owners, well, what worked for you? And then they just throw money at it and try that without any real, you know, education or basis to be able to vet the the strategy and say, is it going to work for me? What's the probability um, of it working for me? And that's really what, what ends up happening there is a lot of trial and error and they burn through their capital. And as they, as they start to burn through their capital, making that mistake, they continue to fall into a, a bigger scarcity mindset because they're putting all this money out and they're not seeing any come in. And then they become more and more afraid to invest. And because they're afraid to invest when the right opportunity comes along that would change their trajectory, many times they're frozen with fear and they, they don't want to take that opportunity. Yeah, I think that's really interesting, right? Because you know, people tend to, they get into this kind of survival state, right? Like this fight or flight, um, or sometimes freeze, uh, situation in their business. Um, they start looking all around them for advice. They take, I see people take the wrong advice from the wrong people all the time. Um, and I'm like, sometimes I ask people like, who, who, where'd you get that idea from? Or whose advice is that? And they're like, oh yeah, it was my, my brother's wife, like she's got, she's like an Avon lady. I'm like, really? Like you're a graphic designer building what high-end websites and you're getting marketing advice from nothing wrong with Avon ladies, but it's just a different business model, right? Like what works for one place doesn't necessarily work in a different kind of business, right? Right. Um, and then like, what are the qualifications for the people that you're taking advice from, right? Um, it's funny, like, you know, sometimes people, I see people make mistakes by, uh, not investing with highly qualified people because they think it's too expensive, but then they waste a whole bunch of money more than they probably would have spent on that qualified person on unqualified people or unqualified things. And they've got nowhere. Right. And, you know, at the same time, I think, you know, it's not like, you know, somebody's price point determines the, the level of expertise or, or like the effectiveness. Right. But it's, there's definitely an indicator there. You know, if they're just starting out, their price is probably a little bit lower. They could still have lots of good ideas, but if you were wanting to leverage to grow, you need to like put some skin in the game and work with some like people who know their shit. Right. Right. I agree a hundred percent. And I see the same thing happen all the time is that business owners are trying to make these um, decisions that are really the decisions that are going to make or break their business, right? Who you work with and who you're getting your strategy from is a make or break decision because, you know, a bad strategy can send you down disaster just as much as a good strategy can take you to an empire. And so um, to, when you're making those decisions based on price, that is a clear indicator that you are stuck in an employee mentality, that you're still thinking of things as expenses and income. Oh my and- God. Amen, <laughs> sister. Like if anybody needed a piece of gold from this podcast, it was that. 
Yeah. Like truth bomb dropped right there. A hundred percent. When you are a true entrepreneur and you have that entrepreneur mindset, the one that's ready to work on strategy instead of get your hands dirty in the day-to-day, right? The one that, that can look at six, seven, eight businesses all at once, see the way that the dots are connecting and understand how to leverage each one to, to feed off of each other. That's who you want to grow into. Those people aren't making decisions based on price. They're making decisions based on quality based on is this does this make sense can i use this in multi in a multitude of ways can i hit a multitude of objection objectives with this one strategy or one decision that i'm making and of course they make it on information they rely on their team to bring them the hard data the metrics the things that are going to show them that this is going to work and then they can make a decision like that right. um, but it's not based on price ever yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Um, if somebody were interested uh, in investing in a franchise, right? Like they're like, well, I'm kind of interested in this. Um, I'm, I'm not totally there, but I'm, I'm, I'm on my way there. Um, what piece of advice would you give them? I would say two pieces of advice, actually. One, ignore your passion, which sounds like a crazy piece of advice, but so many franchise owners look at only one brand because they have personal experience with that brand as a customer and they love it. Right. So they went, they go to Chick-fil-A and they're like, Oh my gosh, I love Chick-fil-A. And every time I'm there, it's busy. It's gotta be a gold mine. So I want to own a Chick-fil-A. Right. And one, Oh my God, that's so funny. (laughs) And Chick-fil-A is a great brand. Honestly, it is a great brand. And most of their franchisees are living in a gold mine. But something you may not know about Chick-fil-A is that they require their owners to work in the business as the restaurant manager. So do you want to sling fast food? Is that really what you want to do for a living? Right. Or do you want to say you own a Chick-fil-A? I mean, if you want to say you own a Chick-fil-A, that's called ego. And that's not going to make you any money. Right. (laughs) Oh my God. I bet you know all the secrets of all the franchises. (laughs) Hey, like I didn't know that. It's so funny. I'm in Canada. We don't have Chick-fil-A. And I remember a couple of years ago having conversation with a friend and he was like, oh my God, what do you mean? You've never been to Chick-fil-A. I'm like, I don't even know what you, is it like KFC? He's like, oh my God, you cannot say that. How can you? (laughs) I'm like, wow, you're really loyal to this brand, right? Like it was funny, but. That is totally funny, but that's how a lot of people pick the brand. And what ends up happening is they get into a brand and what they do is they buy themselves a job. You just, you know, if you're, if you want to be a personal trainer, you would be better off going to a gym and having them hire you as a personal trainer than to invest your life savings to own a gym, to work in at 60 or 80 hours a week as a personal trainer. Because, because that's what you envisioned when you bought it was how much you were going to love working with the customers one-on-one. So if you can, when you're looking for a franchise, try to avoid your passion. Don't think about it as, oh my gosh, I would love to do this because if you'd love to do it, you would love that as a job. Instead, think of, think in terms of I'm making this investment so that I don't ever have a job again. 
Yeah. And if I don't want a job, if I don't want to be working in the business, what is your role? Your role is growing the business. And in order to grow it, you cannot be in it. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my God. You're like preaching to the choir. Um, yeah. Several years ago, I made a decision that um, I was no longer going to work in my business. I was going to put all my time and energy and money into actually like growing the business. Right. And so I didn't, and like, you know, maybe managing it. There was a time where I managed team. Now I have a operations director. Right. But um, it was a mindset shift, right. Of like, no, I don't do bookkeeping and accounting anymore. I don't do coaching anymore. I am like driving the ship now. Right. And if you remember, um, I, maybe it coincides. I didn't really connect these two things, but I remember, uh, my brother was a captain of a ferry and, um, he's retired now. And, and I was on that ferry and I said to him, like, you know, can you, I don't know. It was like, can you, well, can you, can you do this thing? Like, can you go down and do this thing? Show me this. He's like, I am the captain. No, like, I'll get this guy to do that for you. Right. It's like, I wanted to see like a stateroom or something like that. And he's like, I don't do that. I'm the captain, Michelle. I don't do that stuff. Right. And I was like, oh, that's who I need to be in my business. I need to be the captain. Right. I don't, not in people's books. I'm not, you know, filing their taxes. It's not my role. Right. Right. Well, and if you think about business like a ship, maybe not a ferry, but think of it like a, a, like a pirate ship. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what happens is when you're on the pirate ship, you know, and it's a bright sunny day and you're going around and you're supposed to be the captain, but instead of out watching, you know, watching the navigation and steering the ship, you're down and you're doing the rigging and you're scrubbing the floors and you're, you know, yo-hoing with all the other crew members, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. It's not that big of a deal because it's open sea. It's the sun is shining. There's no rocks. There's not, there's not a whole lot of danger. And so it feels really good and it feels fulfilling in that moment. And then a storm comes along, right? Something that you're not expecting. Now, if you're the captain and you're not at the wheel holding the ship steady, and you're not directing, this is the rigging that we need. Take that sail down, you know, tie up the rum casks so they don't bounce around. You know, if you're not there giving the orders and instead you're running around the ship trying to do all of those things in a storm, guess what? That ship's sinking. Yeah. You know, and so um, that's, I think it's a good analogy for people to really understand the importance of a job so many business owners feel like, well, if I'm not seen working, my team's going to think I'm not doing anything. They're going to think I'm lazy. They're going to think that, you know, I'm an overlord just expecting them to do everything. And it's like, your team needs you to steer the ship. Yeah, your team absolutely. needs you to lead them, to provide inspiration when there's a storm, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And do you help people who are like, I don't know, maybe they're thinking that they could franchise their own business? Oh yeah, I love doing that. I truly love it. Yeah, and the reason that I love it so much 
is that to be quite honest, and this isn't to scare anyone away from doing it, but there, there's a very high percentage of failure for people who want to franchise their business. They, they franchise their business and they never make it as a franchisor and the brand crumbles and dies before anyone really knows what it is. And that's, there's a high percentage of people. And that's because it's very, very, very easy to technically franchise your business. All you have to do is go to an attorney, tell them you want to franchise your business. They write up a franchise agreement for you and what's called a franchise disclosure document. It's a legal document. So they create those documents. And as long as you have those documents, you could sell your neighbor a location to go open up a store. Right. And the reality is being a franchisor is entirely different, like set of strategies and a different experience and skills that you need to be successful as a franchisor than you needed to be successful as a personal trainer or a florist or whatever, you know, a bookkeeper. If you have a great system for bookkeeping, you have to learn how to be a franchisor to make it successful. And there really aren't very many people out there doing it because it's a, this is another terrible thing to say, but it's a great money grab for these franchise development firms and these attorneys out there to say, sure, pay me 50 grand. I'll write up your paperwork and you're a franchisor. When people are excited about franchising their business, like, oh my gosh, that's all I have to do. Great. Here's my money. Give me the agreement. Yes. I had a couple of customers interested in being franchisees and I'm going to give them this agreement. And now we're up and rolling. We got our first two locations and they think they're a franchisor and you, you just don't know how to lead a team of independent business owners. Right. Yeah. That's a special Um, skill. Yeah. So what we do is we actually put people, we take 12 months and we make sure that you really do have your systems in place where they're duplicatable. And you have to think about it in terms of the fact that you may believe they're duplicatable, but you know the business inside and out and how it should be done. Is it really duplicatable for someone who is not does not have your experience to walk in and to be successful. So we help do that. We make sure we do an audit of the business. We put that all in place and we help you create your franchise or entity and understand what the roles are that you need in place, how you have to support these franchisee business owners so that they can be successful because if they're not successful, you're not successful. Oh, so good. So good. So you've dropped a lot of truth bombs here today. I really appreciate um, your transparency and honesty and like helping me pull back the curtain on this little piece of business here. If people want to follow you online or they want to take the next steps with you, what should they do? Definitely reach out to us um, everywhere. You can find me as Ask April Porter. And that's because truly, if you ask me, I will answer your questions. So don't be shy about that. Um, We have a free Facebook group that's called Franchisee Infinite Success. And every week I do go live in there with free business advice and strategies that apply not to just franchisees, but all businesses. So that's a great way to get some tidbits from us as well. That's awesome. Thank you so much for your time, April. This has been amazing. Um, I am so grateful for you and all that you have shared and the impact that you're creating in the world. So thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Hey, it's Michelle. Thanks so much for listening to Secrets of the Biggest 
Big Ticket Coaches podcast. If you're a successful coach, I'd love to talk to you. Would you like to be on my program? Please visit alchemyaccounting.ca slash podcast slash apply. If you've got something out of this interview, please share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on all the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, I'm always looking to expand our reach. Please tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtags secrets of the biggest big ticket coaches. I know that's a long one. I love seeing your posts and I love guest suggestions the most. We're regularly putting out new uh, episodes and content. So make sure you don't miss anything. Um, don't miss any episodes. Go ahead and hit subscribe right now. Your thumbs up, your good ratings, your reviews, um, all of your feedback, they go such a long way to help us promote the show. And it means so much to me and my team. You are helping us achieve our mission. If you wanna know more, go to our website, alchemyaccounting.ca, or follow me on all the socials, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and the gram at Alchemy uh, Michelle, all one word. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.